is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hello, everyone. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 448, recorded on Wednesday, September the 11th, 2019. I I hate uh, that we have to do this so often, Jason, and then that's apologize for changing the day of the recording. Yeah, we're a day early and a dollar short. Well, I'm always a dollar short, but I try my best not to be a day early or a day late. But here we are a day early and it really just comes down to work stuff getting in the way of what we want to do all the time, which is podcast. Yeah. I mean, you you have a thing that you have to do tomorrow work-wise, so we have to do it a day early. I'm in Lexington, Kentucky at the hotel doing this uh, remotely. Yeah. In the remote studio, sweating your balls off because you turned off the air conditioning so it wouldn't turn oh, on in the middle of the recording. It's so hot here. I can't even I can't even describe it. I'm not going outside anymore today at all oh actually maybe now would be the time to go out it probably cools down at night down there i would imagine i don't know i'm not gonna find out (laughs) well it was pretty hot where i am today too unusually hot for the middle of september but i'm sure not as bad as kentucky where you are so uh anyways sorry once again for recording on a wednesday and cutting you know 24 hours out of the normal feedback period that we usually give people but uh better now than not doing it at all so Mm mm-hmm Here we are. Um, With that said, welcome to the program, everyone. We are here to talk about Season 5, Episode 13 of Fear the Walking Dead, an episode that was titled Leave What You Don't. That's right. So obviously a reference to the uh, Take What You Need, Leave What You Don't boxes that have been part of this season for, well, since the beginning. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. and the ratings for this episode are interesting because it's a wild swing back the other direction after last week's um, lowest ep- lowest ratings of all time. Really? We're, we're at like 18.3 million? That's right. We went up from like one, whatever it was, 1.14 to 18.3. There was some sort of, something happened and there was a big increase. <laughs> That's a joke. I don't know what the ratings are, but I doubt that they're 18 million people. What, uh, where are we at? The actual number is 1.45. Okay, so it did go up a little bit, but, you know, it went up by a margin of more people than I know. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. It's, it's probably gone up by a margin of more people than I've, that I've heard of. Maybe, or probably ever met in your entire life. But, like, last week was, I, I'm stupid and didn't leave it written down here, 1.14, something like that. Now we're at 1.45, which is now the highest rated episode in the second half of season five. Oh, well, that's nice. Right? So that's what I mean. Like, it's a wild swing. It's not a great, huge number of people, but it's a pretty wild swing the other direction after down, 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 suddenly 1.45. Yeah. You know what this tells me? What? People are fickle. That They have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. They just, people <laughs> do random things. Yeah. And sometimes they watch the show and sometimes they don't. Exactly. Sometimes, like, 400,000 people watch it and sometimes they don't. That's... I mean, in the grand scheme, 400,000 people is not that many compared to the population of the United States, obviously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I still feel like it's just totally random, almost, <laughs> these ratings. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, you know, it went up by a margin of more people that uh, live in my hometown. There you go. How many people live there? Uh, last I heard was around 80,000. Oh, so quite a few more. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Well, 1.45 million. So congratulations, Fear the Walking Dead, on that. And next week it'll probably be like 2,500 people watched it, and that's it. The way, the way this goes, <laughs> seven people. Yeah. Well, you know, they probably wouldn't go down that. They'd be just like, no, it was zero. Yeah. Because that you know it rounds to zero. That margin of error just round down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, let's start with a couple of messages here from listeners, and then we'll dive into this episode. I've got Mo from the number one knife town in Germany, and he writes, how obviously was the writing on this week's episode? I think he means how obvious was the writing on this week's episode? Everything happened just on cue. Truck running out of gas on the way to someone in danger, twice in the same episode. Uh The new group on horses with 100 people coming out of nowhere, twice again. Alicia's walkie dies just in time to hear the last sentence. Doesn't matter because Wes shows up in time. And Charlie and Rabbi Steve Carell save John and June just in time. <laughs> I'm not sure why he's calling him Rabbi Steve Carell. Is that something I'm not getting? Uh, a, I don't know. If I mean, you're not getting it, I'm not getting it right there along with you. It's funny for some reason. I think it's funny, but I don't quite understand it. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe if you don't recognize the actor, maybe he looks like Steve Carell, but... I know I'm from House, so I know him well. Right, right. Uh, well, thank you, Mo, for that email. This one comes from Heather H. Heather writes, I actually really like this episode. Sarah is one of my favorite characters, and it was good to see her getting real in this episode. I'm a little bummed that Max Headroom took one to the forehead, but waiting with bated breath to see who these new baddies are. Yeah, he sure did. So good reaction there from Heather. Barry P. wrote, awesome episode. I was hooked from the beginning scene with Logan. Just can't believe it took 12 episodes to get this far. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Logan's been hanging around, and we finally have some resolution, which we'll talk about. Uh, But finally here, Keith W. writes, the writing is lazy. The storylines are lame and boring. Not to mention this new group is yet another retelling of the same old shtick. They are wasting the talents of really good actors on this crap. At this point, I think the only thing that will save it is bringing back Madison as the villain. (laughs) That might work. So there you go. There's the opposite end of the coin, uh, you know, with uh, Keith's reaction there. But Jason, this is an episode where all kinds of things happened, but at the same time, nothing happened. And we do have some resolution to Logan's storyline. How did you feel about it? And uh, what did you think of this one? I don't think I like this episode. Uh-oh. Uh, I kind of liked it. You like the episode? Is this polarizing? No, no, no. I'm not going to say I, I really liked it either, but um, I, I, there were parts of it that I, that I liked and parts that I didn't. Yeah, it, it was just there was too many points in this episode where my brain was going, oh, come on. Yeah. And uh, it was just there was too many of those. So it was hard to, uh, it, it was hard to get into the enjoyment of it. Yeah. And we'll, you know, we'll cover probably a lot of those come on moments, but uh, yeah, there's just, there was too many of them. Too many coincidences. I think it was, I think I'm falling in line with that lazy writing. Things just happen uh, just in time and uh, exactly when they're supposed to happen other than, you know, that have nothing to do with the actual uh, events. They're more driven by the plot mm-hmm. because, you know, this thing happened because the plot said so. And that's the only reason, and it didn't make any sense. Yeah, there was there was a lot of that kind of stuff in this one. Despite that, I found some things to like, but I feel like this episode kind of had potential, but ultimately wasn't super great. 
in in my opinion. I thought almost everything that happened outside the oil field quarry was yeah. unnecessary. I don't think it really added anything to this episode. Uh, and by that, I mostly mean the Strand and Alicia stuff. Um, yeah. But but inside the quarry, uh, you know, the nighttime battle with the zombies was, I thought, okay. Um, I thought once the once Ginny, Virginia, shows up at the end with her crew, uh, I thought the sort of information dump that she gives them just here's who we are. And I know she doesn't really get into what we're, what they're doing, but I thought some of that was okay. Um, but otherwise it was just kind of meh. And I, I, I realized that there's a part in this episode towards the end where we have Logan on the radio with the girl that's in the truck stop that Alicia and Strand are trying to get to. Mm hmm. And we have almost all the rest of our characters sitting around on radios listening to that conversation. We've got Lucy and Dwight and who, who is it in the somebody else in the in the truck sitting there on the radio listening. You have Strand and Alicia wherever they are listening. And I just thought to myself, this is the whole season of this show. People overhearing other conversations on radios and uh using that to their advantage or not <laughs> that's true and i thought it, that was we just to get away from dumb. the radios we, oh. we really have to get away from the radios it's it's a crutch this show has relied on this season like no matter what's going on people can communicate on radios until it's convenient that they they, they aren't able to communicate on radios yeah and radios work best with you know line of sight on uh, on their on their distance they're in the middle of this you know granite quarry the radios are not going to have any kind of distance available yeah. to them. Ability to get out of the quarry and then take a right turn and head straight along the land, the signal. Yeah. I mean, uh, electromagnetic, electromagnetic radiation goes in a straight line. I mean, it could bounce off the clouds, that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, we've had problems with the radios before. Get rid of the radios. Let's uh, Let's get rid of all the radios. Right. I think that's a good idea. I think that ride out season six, I get, or season five with radios and then pretend like they don't exist in season six and see if you can still write a good story or yeah. see if you can write a good story. <laughs> yeah. Here, let's, let's period. find out. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that, that was it for me kind of, I, I didn't mind everything inside the quarry. Everything outside was sort of useless. Um, and Logan's story has come to an end in this episode. Yeah, he got killed, didn't he? He got killed along with his entire crew. So I must admit, I'm a little bit glad to see that all wrapped up, but I didn't find it all that satisfying either. I'm I'm disappointed and glad all rolled into one disappointed package. There you go. Uh, yeah, it's. I was kind of hoping that the Logan crew would actually have some kind of meaning in the long run, but really it didn't. It was just the whole point of Logan and his crew was was to give our intrepid heroes a lukewarm, bad-ish kind of guy until he was shot dead by uh, hmm, good people that are obviously bad people because uh, they're creepy and weird and dressed a little too much like cowboys for my taste. Too much cowboy, eh? I mean... Sure, ride horses and everything, but everybody is dressed just like a cowboy. It's like, huh. come on, do we need to bring this whole crew back into the 1860s? I don't think we do. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what if everybody's dressed like John Dory 
that makes John Dory not that special. That's true, actually. You're right. What do you say, Jason, when you accent everything? You accent nothing. <laughs> of course. Yeah, the best advice my racist uh, first drum teacher ever taught me. Well, good. Uh, James G. wrote in and said, Logan and his crew's deaths was absolutely pointless. They dragged his prolonged storyline to end it like this. So let's talk about Logan. Um, as we said, he's dead. And Logan, we got basically what you would have to call his backstory in this episode. Uh -huh. we, we start with a flashback to him still working with Clayton, doing Clayton's good deeds. And before he was an annoying bad guy who asked the same question over and over again. And we see him trying to get to a truck stop because there's a girl on a radio who is being threatened by zombies. And he doesn't get there in time. His truck runs out of gas he has to run and he doesn't make it. She dies. And while he's kind of um, crying on the ground about it, he meets Ginny and some of her people on horses, her cowboys on right. horses. Uh, and that's all. People. Yeah, that's all we know about them for the time being. But Logan goes from good guy to this moment where he becomes a bad guy, but almost not of his own free will because he's now working for uh, these people who, incidentally, people are calling the pioneers. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So we can we can call them the pioneers if you want. Oh, they need covered wagons if they're going to be the pioneers. <laughs> they do. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if they had them. Oh, and we had our intrepid hero heroes uh, in a circle like the pioneers used to do with their covered wagons when they bedded down for the night. Right. So right. That's, uh, that's ironical. Totally ironical. <laughs> yeah. So he meets them. He's working for them. He becomes the bad guy, at least to our group of characters. But then flip-flops when we're within this episode, when we're in the oil fields, uh, because we find out why he did this and how it was related to what Sarah had done and stealing the rig from Clayton and all these things. So he flip-flops back to a good guy and then he's murdered. Um, and my problem with all of this is that I feel like the episode was really, really trying in a short period to make us feel sympathetic to him, right? He was, well, that didn't work at all. I didn't even consider that. It didn't work at all on me either. He goes from being this good guy trying his hardest to help a person. And as we know, you know, the most important thing that everyone's doing this season is doing their best to help. And we're supposed to be on his side then. but. I wasn't. I'm like, oh God, it's Logan. And then, and then he flip-flops and we find out that he only did this because of the theft of the convoy by Sarah. And that makes her feel guilty, which I didn't like. Um, and I never had any sympathy for Logan. So when he dies, I was like, you know what? Logan was boring and I'm glad he's dead. And the show yeah. didn't do anything to change my feelings about him. Yeah. I would have shot him in the face like a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, when he comes, so first of all, he breaks, uh, he drives through the gate and then stops, right? Because mm -hmm. that's what he does. See, you know, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that he didn't walk up to the gate and knock because that's what he does. He actually did a, uh, 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 not really a violent thing, but he did something to damage property, which is not like him really, other than shooting up that motorcycle of Wes's. Uh, so he damaged the gate, drove through and then stopped and got out. 
And then uh, Alicia said, not Alicia, uh, what's her name, said, don't take one more step. Lucy, yeah. Lucy said, don't take another step. And he takes another step. I just shot him in the face. In in fact, I know that I would, as a character, I would have done that because I did that in a uh, a role-playing game called Shadowrun. We met these guys and I had just fought a griffin with a shotgun Mm-hmm. And I was, my character was a little freaked out after fighting a griffin because that was a pretty harrowing experience. Then these guys show up on the road and I pull out my shotgun and I point it at the guy and I say, don't move. And there was another a guy playing that character and he said, I take a few steps forward and say, put that shotgun away. And my hands were tied at that point. I said, I shoot him in the face. But did you have other people around also pointing guns at you like Lucy did? Yeah, there was, it was exactly like this. It was some kind of standoff. With like his, him and a couple other guys with some weapons and me and the guys that we fought the Griffin uh, with weapons. And it was supposed to introduce those players to the game, but he was doing it in such an asshole manner that I had no choice. My character would have pulled the trigger. So I said, I pulled the trigger. And that basically brought the whole game to a halt because he was pissed off. I was pissed off. The the GM was a little bit annoyed. We talked a little bit and we all went home and never played again. <laughs> you broke game. the game. I broke the game, but it was perfectly with, in line with my character. I gave them an ultimatum and they flaunted it. Yeah. So that's exactly this situation. If he had done that to me and took a step forward, I would have shot him in the face. Well, I fear that if Lucy had done that, she would have been shot as well because Logan had four or five other guys with guns standing around. Yeah, I don't care. But that being said, there were three or four scenes in this episode that were like that, where everyone was just standing around, pointing guns at each other, and nobody doing anything other than talking about stuff. Yeah, and what's her name when she said, uh, you know, what use are you to me? And she put her hand in the air and everybody was pointing firearms. She was standing right in the crossfire. Uh, I just shot her in the face. <laughs> this is one of the reasons I don't think you'd survive very long in the zombie apocalypse. But well, no, and you know, you know honestly, it's it's. I'm not sure that I would do that personally, but if I was playing a character in any of these situations, that's what my character would have done. Fair, yeah. You know, I'm not opposed to putting a, my character's life on the line. I'm a little opposed to putting my own life on the line because. In a, in a game or in something, I, you can roll a new character. And there's a certain amount of pleasure in that, having your character killed off and then having to create <laughs> a new one. Right. There's just, there's, there's something about that is that doesn't scare me or bother me. I don't get upset. I'm like, okay, that guy's dead. I like that guy, but now I get to roll up a new guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so, I suppose there's some enjoyment in that. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish I, my belief system uh, included reality in that. Whereas, you know, if I was mortally wounded or when I reached the end of my days, I'd be like, well, you know what? Jason was pretty good. I liked him, but now I get to roll up a new one. Yeah, that's right. I wish that I could actually believe that. Jason pulled the trigger and that's all I ever asked of him. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) All right. Well, so then the thing about Logan too is that there's a point in this episode where all of this information comes to light. And as I said, it makes Sarah kind of feel guilty, at least in the moment for what she did. And it's what motivates her to, instead of escape the oil fields when everything is going wrong, terribly wrong, she runs back in to save Logan and get him into that 
building and out of all well, the zombies and basically all the poisonous gases floating around the place. Yeah, and there was as soon as she did that, there was a Wilhelm scream in the background. Did you catch that? Oh, I didn't notice it. No. Oh yeah, I was. Uh, that was one of my come on moments. <laughs> like I like a good Wilhelm scream, but that kind of bothered me. Sure. Well, I didn't notice it, but somebody Wilhelmed in the background, I guess. Yeah. But I but I also am just like, come on, Sarah. Like, look at what these people have have done to you. They've asked you the same question over and over again. And in one moment, you're just going to flip and be like, I got to rescue this guy. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's within the mandate of these characters to help everybody. But I always I'm, help everybody every time. That is their motto. And but I just don't know that in this situation that would happen. But it gets them into a room together so that he can have this this uh, radio conversation that everybody else can listen to. Yeah. You know. I don't know. Any, any other thoughts on sort of Sarah and how she was affected by Logan in this episode? No, not really. I mean, did you think that that girl that was in uh, in that dire straits where Logan was talking her through, uh, you know, save the last bullet for yourself situation, uh, did you feel any danger for her whatsoever? I thought she might kill herself, but I didn't find it that interesting, if that's what you're saying. No, I'm saying that uh, I knew that she would be saved. Even when I heard the gunshot, I'm like, well, that's obviously not her killing herself. That's somebody saving her. Mm. Did you? I thought it was going to be Strand and Alicia. I really did, but I didn't. uh, Well, I I think it actually would have made, I mean, not sense, but I, I could see them doing that, right? Because Logan has exactly the same scenario play out earlier on, right? At the beginning of the episode, he doesn't make it in time. And now we have Strand and Alicia getting there and the twist would be they do make it in time and prove to Logan that it's still worth trying to, to, uh, you know, get to somebody or help somebody, right? You don't give up. Um, and that's not how it played out, which I guess to the credit of the show is, is, you know, is a thing, is a good thing, but instead Wes shows up basically out of nowhere and, uh, yeah, that that kind of surprised me. I I too thought it was going to be Strand and Alicia who proves to Logan that it is worth trying, and I figured that they would be there. But I saw so the bottom line is I didn't fear for her life in any way, shape, or form, even when I heard the supposed suicide gunshot. Right. Okay. Well, I I thought she might kill herself, um, but I, I wasn't worried about it <laughs> for some reason. Uh, I guess. Having Wes show up, it just shows that Wes was also listening on the radio. You know, he uh-huh. heard he heard everything. Everybody has a radio and everybody can listen to everybody else. It's kind of Well, ridiculous. there's no more TV. This is, you know, their entertainment. Is I, you listen to the radio and you find out what's going on. I guess so. Yeah, I suppose so. Did I ever tell you about the time I listened to the uh, the police scanner in Toronto for a day? It was, I downloaded a scanner app on my my new iPhone that I had just gotten. And I listened to the Toronto police scanner for the day, which is, you know, public domain i guess uh-huh uh don't ever do that that <laughs> f- it freaked me the fuck out some of the shit that happens on a daily basis in any major city is uh upsetting oh yeah all kinds of crazy stuff is happening all the time yeah i'm never doing that again and i don't recommend anybody ever 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 do it well okay i mean some people are probably totally into it but uh we had a we had a scary day yesterday a woman right outside my kid's school was hit by a cement mixer and killed Yikes. Yeah, yeah, pretty bad, pretty bad day. Um, and I, but I wouldn't have known about that had it not happened right outside the school. 
Um, wow. But listening to a police scanner, you hear stuff like that. Yeah. So I'll it, tell you, maybe, yeah, I'm not comfortable explaining what I heard over the air because it's, it's real life, right? This happened to real people yeah. in, a, in a real city on a real day. No, and, I know. Uh, I don't want to spread that information around. All right. Well, that's that's good and kind of frightening. Uh, let's read an email here from Mandy, or sorry, Mindy on the internet. Mindy writes, I have to give a shout out to Matt Frewer as Logan for this episode. I thought he turned in the best bit of acting this season in this week's episode and made the majority of it bearable to watch. I was never really on board with his character until now. The scene with Sarah in the shack where he's talking to the lady trapped in the gas station was probably the best scene of the season. I could then buy into him where he was coming from maybe get on board a bit with uh, his bigger picture. And then, of course, the rug is ripped right out uh, from that with his death. <laughs> yeah. And I I appreciate the fact that Mindy was, was on board. I wasn't quite as on board, but I do agree that no matter how you feel on that scene, all of this was leading up to him just being shot in the head the next scene. And, uh, you know, what was it for? But, you know, it's a zombie apocalypse. That's the way it goes. You can be right in the middle of something important one minute, and ripped away the next, I guess. Yeah, especially by uh, a bunch of cowboys uh, riding around in horses around the the rim of a of a quarry. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I got the name of the, the people wrong earlier. Not the pioneers. It's the settlers. Oh yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, but now I'm doubting myself of that. Even so, it, it's one or the other. Maybe it's the settlers, the not the settlers. Settlers. The settled in years. There you go. Um, Can we talk about the fact that Alicia and Strand were in exactly, exactly the same situation as Logan earlier in the episode? Because that kind of drove me crazy. That was, that was definitely a come on moment for me. Uh, It was, it was kind of sad. And uh, it, it, I, I, for the first time I was, uh, not for the first time, but it felt like for felt important to me that I was uh, I was sad for the writers. Yeah, that they actually wrote that and put that in the show. It's like, well, that makes me feel bad for you. I've never felt bad for the writers before. I felt bad about what they've done. I've not liked what they've done, but now this time I felt bad for them. It's 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 like you're a little embarrassed for them almost, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. and and I hate saying that, but like the whole thing was so weird, I, you know. I wrote down here that it felt like something that first year script writing 101 students would do, you know, or, or maybe yeah. they wouldn't even do it because when you think about it, it was the same truck stop. Like it was actually the same truck stop. It's not like it was the same scenario at a different location. I think it was supposed to be the same place. Yeah. L- Logan runs out of gas and has to run there. Alicia and Strand run out of gas and have to run there. Um, and you know, they both listen to the person or think they listen to the person die on the radio. And when Logan is in that room with Sarah and he, uh, he hears her mention mile marker 65, Logan says out loud, you gotta be shitting me. And I'm like, yes, you have to be like, you must be right. You're, you're, yeah. you're this is a joke. Cause how can this be so stupidly similar? Well, they did set it up at the beginning when he went in there uh, and found her being eaten by zombies at the beginning, he pulled out his revolver and fired five shots. Those things hold six shots. So later on he said, look for a gun. Uh, There's a bullet left. So they kind of set that up. And I, I at least 
applaud them for that. Okay, yeah. The writers, that is. Okay, so they, you know, they at least did something consistent and correct. Uh, I still, I st- the reason I really feel bad for the writers is because they did this on purpose, right? It's not like something happened to them and I feel bad that it happened to them. Like if somebody trips and falls and you feel kind of bad for the person that trips and falls. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, generally I don't laugh at such things. I know people that have laughed when they witness a random person tripping and falling because they find that funny. I don't particularly find that funny. I feel bad for them and I try and help them. Uh, but these writers, they did this on purpose. Like they wrote that in and they thought, hey, that's a good idea. And then that got approved and it got filmed and it got edited and it got put in the show. And I, just, I feel bad. And here we are. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But they did They did the one thing right. Firing the five shots, leaving the gun behind, having a bullet in the exact same situation. Even though... Uh, you know, having that happen to, to twice and Logan being on the radio both times because, you know, everybody always has a radio all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I I appreciate the setup, but I think there needed to be somehow more variety in, in the way it was presented. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Let's talk about the oil field. So I've got Happy Jack in Victoria, B.C. He writes... The kids were seriously the only option out of the entire caravan to refine the oil. Someone needs to radio post-apocalyptic child services, if they're in range, of course. <laughs> yeah, well, they're always in range. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, uh, you know, it wasn't until recently that, uh, like recently, like within the last hundred years, less than that, I think, that, uh, you know, kids as young as 12 uh, weren't, aren't working uh, for a living. Right. You know, you know, 100 years ago, that was normal. Yeah, you know, yeah. You, if you, when you were 12 and you were old enough to, to lift a thing, you went to work in the mines to lift a thing for a living to make uh, to make money for to support your family. So it's, it's you know, in the zombie apocalypse, you know, labor is labor. So yeah. So why not exploit children? I suppose so. Um, I, it also explains where Wendell has been, which is nice. Uh-huh. I was complaining about him basically being written off the show, but he's been in the oil fields making gas this whole time. Well, you gotta, you know, gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. Now, I still don't really understand the process of creating, of refining the oil into gas, but I suppose it doesn't really matter. What I got from this episode is that they're using zombies to turn a big crank that basically operates a pump that's pulling oil out of the ground. I have two problems with that, but yes, go ahead. That's that. And then it seems like the second part of making oil is throwing some other liquid into a big burning pool with a big tank in the center of it. Uh And then later Lucy mentions that if it gets too hot, they won't be able to separate the oil. And that's basically all I got. So I think it seems to me like you put oil in a tank, you keep it on fire and out comes gas the other end. Uh, apparently that's, that's the thing. The, the, what they were throwing in the pit to keep the, uh, uh, burning was gas, right? They were burning gas in order to make gas, which seems a little inefficient to me at, to the point where it probably is a lose-lose situation. It probably takes more gas to, you know, keep the fire going than what you'll make by burning that gas. Right. So it seemed a little weird to me, but I don't know how to make diesel because they do, can't just make gas, right? Because those trucks run on diesel, right? So they need to make gas and diesel. 
and I don't really know what the difference is, but I know that, uh, you know, transport trucks don't run on gasoline. Fine. Diesel. I'm pretty sure the show hasn't thought it through that far. So. <laughs> right. Whatever they're making, it's coming out the other end of that pipe after they keep that tank on fire, but not too much on fire because then it would be too much on fire. Yeah, and too much on fire makes too much smoke and uh, causes zombies to uh, to show up. So Correct. the two problems I had with the zombie pump is, uh, one, they're all standing around talking about whatever they're yammering on about while these zombies are going around in little circles. The zombies don't care that uh, there's live human beings no. right there. They're, all they care about is the little mice in the little tiny cages that they can't hear or see. Uh, or smell or anything because there's people standing within earshot talking over them? This is turning into a little more cynical than I thought it would be, but um, no, they don't. Zombies care about what the show needs them to care about at any given moment. It's the same reason two episodes ago, zombies turned around and were more interested in a horn than living, breathing fresh meat on top of a car. And the other problem I had was uh, they used this zombie pump uh, for, uh, you know, getting the crude out of the ground. Uh, they also had a traditional uh, oil pump up on the rim of the uh, uh, of the quarry, mm-hmm. you know, the, what you see for, you know, what they used to, to oh, yeah. pump oil out of the ground. What was running that? Was it running? Like, was it moving? It was moving. I assume it was electricity of some kind. Of course. Uh, that was <laughs> being generated by the uh, by the oil. Which, in this case, I assume that uh, it takes less energy to run those pumps than what you would get out of pumping the oil out that way, because that happens today. Mm-hmm. Right? If it if it took more energy to to get those pumps to work than what they pumped out of the ground, there's no way oil companies would use them. Of there's not a not. chance in hell. No. So, but in this case, why use the zombies when you have a perfectly good oil pump that's pumping? oil out of the ground already. Who knows? Who knows? Because the zombies looked cool operating a pump. Uh, yeah. And where did they get the mice? I guess mice, you know, breed. Mice are around. Uh, The the younger kid seemed to be in charge of the mice, right? Even when they were sending the kids away, he was concerned about the mice. Yeah. So that was his job. Mice keeper. Mouse keeper. Okay. So then we, then we have the, uh, uh, the settle in ears. What did you call them? The settlers. Well, let's call them the settlers because I think that is actually what they're going by. <laughs> all right. The settlers all have horses. Yes. So they all got horses and uh, horses, as far as I know, eat grass and sugar cubes and apples and carrots and stuff. So, but they eat like stuff that they, they don't need oil in order to run. So if they have, uh, if they have access to this many horses, what the fuck do they need gas for? <laughs> well... Yeah, good point. I mean, uh, there were a lot of people on foot with her, uh, so maybe they want to put them in other sorts of vehicles, but... I I assume that those people all had horses hitched up somewhere else. You're right. It's a funny question. We we see them show up at the beginning. There's four of them. They're all on horses. We see them show up at the end. The primary people in the foreground are all on horses, and you're right. It's a safe assumption that there are horses somewhere else. Well, there's horses running around the top because uh, at the end, uh, you know that oh, yeah. the, that horse neighing sound that uh, that you hear. It's the same thing as uh, firearms cocking as soon as you move them, and car tires squealing on dirt. Anytime you see a horse, you hear that neighing sound, even though there's. I'm sure that horses don't make that noise all the time, 
I think they make that noise when they're upset or they want something. Uh, but when they're riding along happy, I'm not, I'm pretty sure horses don't make that sound, that sound. No, but except on TV. Right. Of course you have to, you have to be reminded that we're looking at horses in case you forgot. Right. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of horses around. So it is a good question as to why these people need gas so badly, but I can let that slide because if they are as well populated and as organized as Ginny seems to claim they are, then maybe they do have lots of other people and lots of other needs for gas. Maybe not just for vehicles, right? Um, uh, yeah, generators. Generators. I suppose huffing. Whatever. You need to. You got to <laughs> huff something, right? <laughs> or you can't just huff nothing. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, you got to huff something. Uh, so I assume that since there's a lot of gas and oil just kind of flowing out in the open, like they're filling buckets and, uh, you know, the, the pipes are just kind of pouring gas into buckets and uh, all that, that they're, you know, they're all pretty high all the time. I assume probably gas fumes all the time. And they've got, uh, open buckets of gas and fumes around a giant fire. The whole place should have blowed up a long time ago. Yeah, probably. Well, Christy P. wrote in and said, if the settlers are supposed to be the big bad that's everywhere, they should have been dropped hints long ago. They should have been dropping hints long ago. We knew about the threat Negan posed before JDM ever appeared. It just makes the first half of the season feel even more like a waste of time. So, I mean, how how do you feel about this new group in general, Jason, of um, settlers? Like... Was there ever a moment where you thought, oh, it's the helicopter people or, you know, did you know no. from the beginning? I, well, I kind of assumed that Negan was working for the helicopter people. Like we no, talked no, about that, Logan, right? Logan, not Negan. Logan, Negan, Logan, uh, Morgan, Logan, Negan, the governor. Uh, so Logan was, I assumed he was working for the helicopter people because that's why they need gas, right? Mm-hmm. That's why they need diesel, even though helicopters take jet fuel which is sort of like kerosene. So I think that's, I'm not sure of the difference between gasoline and diesel and kerosene. And I know what the difference is between diesel and uh, fuel oil, like houses that are, you know, fueled by uh, fuel oil. Yes. That's basically diesel. Okay. It's it's diesel with uh, food coloring or coloring put in. Uh, because it's taxed differently, right? You know, they don't tax oh, right. uh, heating oil as much as they tax uh, diesel for gasoline. So if the, if the police find uh, pink uh, diesel in your truck, they'll be like, well, you used fuel oil for your truck, and that's not allowed. Huh, smart. Yeah, anyway, so that <laughs> I know, but I don't know the difference between that and kerosene. Uh, I know it's made from oil, but... Anyway, so I assumed that Logan was working for the helicopter people. Once the uh, the horse people showed up, uh, I thought they were, I still think they're dumb. I, I don't understand them because they're just cowboys, right? Well, I, I guess. I, I don't think we know that much about them yet. I think it's just kind of weird though. And this could just be the way they're presenting themselves because they they claim to have been watching our group for a long time, yet our group had no idea they were around, which seems a little far-fetched. Um, it does. But, but they claim, but they're saying, you know, we're doing what you're doing just on a way bigger scale. We're helping people too, but there's more of us and we're helping more people. So we like what you're doing and we need you to keep running this gas facility for us because we don't know how to do it. So you're going to do that. That could just be all a front that Ginny is putting up to, to sort of become close to our people and sort of get some trust going. But 
we don't really know. Um, I'm just, I'm just a little weirded out by the fact that, yeah, they've appeared out of nowhere and yeah. we're supposed to assume they've been around this whole time, kind of hiding in the periphery and keeping track of what our, our characters are doing, but not revealing themselves. Now it's radios probably. If they can, if everyone else can listen on radios, they can listen on radios too. So uh-huh. that's, I think we can probably just go with that. Um, and that's it. I, we don't know a lot else about them. The only other thing I noticed is they seem to have a symbol like all the groups do. And this one kind of looks like a key. We saw it on Ginny's jacket and we saw it on a map that Logan was reading earlier in the episode as well. Right. So helicopter people have the two thirds Olympic rings symbols and these folks have a key, right? Maybe the key unlocks yeah. the Olympic rings and three fifths. They'll, they'll get together, uh, whatever. But yeah. Three fifths. Uh, yeah, you're right. Everybody gets their own symbol. So it makes me want to get a symbol. Yeah, well, you should. For man. my family. A family crest, if you will. Yes. That's it. I'm going to start working on a family crest. So let me ask you a question. Have All you right. ever lived or spent any amount of time uh, in a neighborhood or around where horses also live? Um, I've always lived in the big city, so not really, to be honest with you, no. I used to live uh, just out, well, it's not really outside of uh, Sault Ste. Marie. It was in Sault Ste. Marie, but it was on a, uh, a, a, a road called Allen Side Road, which was, uh, at when I was growing up, it was mainly farmland. Now mm-hmm. it's not, it's mainly industrial, but there was it was mainly farmland. And uh, uh, the Allen, the, the last name, their last name was Allen, that family lived on the corner and they owned a lot of the land. They planted cabbage and hay and stuff and they had horses. So I lived in a neighborhood with horses and uh, we spent a lot of time avoiding horse poop. Uh, <laughs> like it's, it's, it gets everywhere and a lot, a lot of people pick up horse poop on the side of the road, road apples, right? There's a tragically hip, have a band or have an album called road apples. They That's do. what that is. That's horse poop. Cool. So uh, if they, these people, these settlers have been spending a lot of time around here, uh, there'd be horse poop. People would notice the horse poop. It'd be like, you know what? I see horse poop. I wonder if that means there are horses. I think that's a safe assumption. Yeah. Or I smell horse poop. Yeah. Because it also has a very distinct smell. Yeah. It, I don't know. It doesn't seem likely that they would just have this much ability to monitor them without being discovered, you know? So, but we have to just run, we have to just go with that. I think that's what we've got going on here. Remember most of our group was way on the other side of a mountain for the first half of the season stuck somewhere. So maybe the settlers aren't over there yet because even they know that it's silly to go over there and be infected by a melting down nuclear power plant. Yeah. You can't cross the mountain. Without no, a plane or a crazy. helicopter or a hot air balloon or something. Yeah, some sort of flying vehicle. <laughs> yeah, or a large kite. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, so I I don't believe the settlers. Uh, uh, no. It's not that I don't believe that they are who they say they are. I just don't accept them as a group of people. Yet. In I my think, heart. I think maybe we will come to know them a little bit better. But as of right now, and... You know, to be fair to the show, they have only been introduced for, you know, about five, less than 10 minutes of screen time. So yeah, we need to give them a chance. Uh, but as it stands right now, it seems a little improbable, but that's all. Um, but let's talk about the oil field more 
because a lot happened there um, throughout this episode. And it's really the only part of the episode that I thought was at least kind of entertaining. I thought I thought it kind of looked cool, right? Most of it took place at night. Everything was on fire. There was smoke. <laughs> yes, it was. There was smoke all over the place. There were zombies all over the place. And we had a lot of players in this scene, I thought, because we had Logan inexplicably in the middle of the night under attack by zombies trying to keep the place running, right? He's trying to keep that zombie pump running at all odds, really. And yeah. I'm like, you know what? Deal with the immediate threat and then deal with the gas making is what I was thinking. That that gas ain't going nowhere. You can wait a day. You can. It'll be, it'll be okay. <laughs> totally. It's not going anywhere. We've got Lucy, Sarah, and Dwight, and I guess Wendell trying to escape until Sarah turns around and goes back in. We've got John and June up on the ridge, which I got to admit I thought was kind of cool, especially when they first show up there. And it's the scene where... um I think it's, oh, you know, it's the scene where Sarah and Dwight first show up and they're confronting Logan. And then we realize John Dory is, and June are up on the hill and Dory is like, well, he picks off a zombie for no reason. He could have picked off a bad guy, but no. No, it was a demonstration. It was just a, hey, we're here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't want to shoot you. I have to shoot something and, you know, might as well be a zombie. Might as There's well be more a of those kicking around. Yeah. If I shoot anything else, if I shoot a bucket, now I got a bucket with a hole in it and that's no good. No good. Right? So shoot a zombie, there's, you know, that's the least or the most expendable thing in that whole quarry. Okay. Good point. Good point. And he was just trying to make his um, presence known, I suppose. Right. Now that whole scene, actually, I kind of, I kind of like, it felt like a very difficult situation for Logan because yes, he had his guys on the ground there. But we also have our characters, our heroes with guns out, and we've got a sniper on the ridge, which I thought was pretty fun. But then I must admit, it kind of just felt too easily diffused. Like nothing came of it. You know what I mean? All that came yeah. out of it is they sent the kids away and Logan says, you're not going to shoot me. And then nobody did. Yeah. I, you know, he he's a sharpshooter. He could shoot some guns out of people's hands. He, he could shoot them in the leg. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He could have done anything. Shoot them in the foot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's it. I liked the scene. I just think it was kind of wasted a little bit. Um, I also thought that, uh, remember when Logan first showed up and he's, they're standing there inside the gate and they're all pointing guns at each other. And Logan makes a comment about, I don't think you're going to want weapons going off in here, implying yeah. that gunfire would be a risk to causing something to explode. Yes. Well, that didn't seem to be a problem later on. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know what? Nope. We'll just fire as many guns as we want in here because it's nighttime now and things don't explode at nighttime because it's already on fire anyways. I don't know. Well, the whole friggin' place had fires going. Like that That's my biggest problem is that there was so many open containers of gasoline and it's not the liquid on gasoline that's the problem. It's the fumes. It's the vapors. It's the f- yeah. You could, you could have a puddle of gasoline that's been sitting there for a while and you could throw matches at it and the matches will all go out. It's when you first pour that puddle that the, all the fumes uh, are coming out of it that they will light on fire. Mm-hmm. So, and diesel's even even worse. If they were making diesel, uh, you can't actually light diesel with a match. You uh, diesel needs uh, pressure and heat. Uh, that's why diesel engines you can't run them dry because uh, you'll have to prime them. Be- anyway, uh, there it's a lot less combustible than actual 
uh, gasoline and kerosene is on the other end of the spectrum. It's very flammable. But uh, there was lots of open containers of fresh gasoline and lots of fumes, I assume. And if they were all huffing it, uh, they'd all be high. And then the fire would burn everything down and the whole place would blow up. And then, then the well, the, the well would catch on fire. And that that's no good. No. So, and I guess that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, I did think it looked kind of cool. And it's a good idea for, like, a big set piece, you know? And I feel like yeah. there was a lot, there was probably a lot of budget spent on this episode. You know, with... Probably. With that many fires going and, and all the stuff going on, I feel like it was an expensive episode. Um, but again, ultimately a little bit uh, silly. And then Cindy from Columbus, Ohio wrote, how did it get dark so fast? I mean, it was daylight and then a commercial break and then dark. Everyone's standing around in the same positions. Are we expected to think that our group faced off with Logan's people for hours? And uh, I think the answer is yes. We're expected to think that. Yeah, we are. And then night was over pretty quick too, if I remember correctly. Uh, so everything went really, really quick. And uh, the... I was okay with it because of the way they time compressed running 10 miles because they both had, uh, you know, Logan at the beginning and Strand and Alicia near the end had to run a long time for those mile markers, right? 10 miles is a long way. It it is. I don't think it was, I don't think, sorry, I don't think it was quite 10 miles. I think, I think Logan got to mile marker 58 of 65. So, but he was running for a while. He was right? for sure. I, I was, I was, I assume that he started at at least fifty five. Okay, he's going from fifty five to sixty five. So that's ten miles. That's, that's pretty what far. I'm, I'm thinking. That's that's a long way. Yeah, that's a long way to run. Like even if you're running a four minute mile, you can't keep that up for ten miles, and that's forty minutes, right? Right. So uh, that's uh, he was running for hours, many hours. Yep. Probably uh, walking so for a little while and then walking, running some more. and Especially in cowboy boots. Oh, my uh, he God. He was wearing yeah. cowboy boots. Uh, yeah. So that was, that's a whole day. That's that's his whole day is the way I figured that happened is that uh, he started in the morning and he finally got to that uh, uh, mile marker 65 uh, that early evening. How, uh, any idea how many miles long the island of Manhattan is? Like from uh, the, from the tip down by where the you know, the, what do you call it down there? Um, Battery Park, I think. Yes. Yeah, Sorry. No idea. If Off I'm the top g- of my head, I don't know. Oh, the okay. internet probably would know, but uh, I'm not looking it up right now. You and I walked a good portion of that once when we were in New York together, remember? No. I remember walking a long way, but I remember walking a long way to get to that sausage restaurant that was awesome. Oh, <laughs> you're right. The sausage place was good. I think it's gone. I tried to look it up and I couldn't find I'm, it. I'm mortally wounded. My heart is sad for that because that was delightful. It was amazing. Anyways, all I was going to say is you and I walked a good chunk of Manhattan, not all the way, but it was pretty far. And that took us a good portion of the day. Yeah. And that probably was nowhere near 10 miles. That's true. That's true. I I don't know how long, man. How long, how long (laughs) is Manhattan? Yeah, if if only there was a way to find out. I don't know. Uh, Anyways, it's a long way, and Logan was doing that for a long time, and then Alicia and Strand had to do basically exactly the same thing. 13.4 miles. Whoa. All right, so that's pretty long, but that includes all of Central Park probably and everything, yeah, right? That's, yeah, that's all the way up to the... We didn't even go 
from, we didn't even get to Central Park. But anyways, I think we got to Times Square, right? We did. We were in Times Square. Yeah. Anyways, we can relive our vacation (laughs) some other time. (laughs) Yeah. Much like when I was on my honeymoon in New York, we tried walking through Central Park and we got turned around and came out the wrong end. Oh, funny. (laughs) Yeah. It was sad. There's actually even markers in there to tell you where you are and what direction you're facing. But we got all turned around, came out the wrong end, trying to get to the Natural History Museum. And we like came out the other end of the park and we're like, ah, fuck it. Go back to the hotel room. Yeah, that's 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 pretty much what happened. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I mean that that's it, I guess. The uh, the the oil fields I thought were cool, but only because of sort of the way they looked and and some of the players involved. Um, and then at the end of the day, Logan's story is done, and I gotta say, I'm not too upset about that. Yeah. On on the on one plus side, I'm okay with how Dwight looks now. I've accepted it in my heart. Oh, really? You got to, yeah. like, one episode went by and you're okay with it now. Yeah. You know, I thought about it for a week. I came to terms with it and now I'm okay. It's, okay. you know, very similar to when my stepfather shaved his beard when I was, uh, when I was three or four years old. You know, after a while, I got used to it and that yeah. was it. I guess that happens. Well, good. I'm glad to hear you're okay with the way Dwight looks now. Yeah. I, I'm still a little weirded out by it, but maybe my next week I'll be on board. All right. Well, you got to, you got to spend some time thinking about it. You can't just. Uh, start again when the next episode starts. You got ah. to spend some time thinking about it. Next time, when you're walking to the subway for, to go to work tomorrow, I don't know if you take the subway to work. And I wait, do. you got some stuff to do. You might have to drive. So the next time you're walking to the subway, don't listen to music. Don't listen to a podcast. Don't listen to a book. Just take your headphones out, put them in your pocket, and think about what Dwight looks like. And that's a good 15-minute walk, right? Easily, yeah. So there you go. That'll give you 15, 20 minutes to come to terms with it. Okay, good. I'll do that. That's your homework. That's my homework. My walking dead homework. Think think about Dwight. (laughs) And how he looks. Right. Okay. If I do that enough, I'll probably have a dream about him and that'll be even better. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, Jason, I've got one more quick message here and that's Bill in New Jersey. Uh, Bill sent a much longer email full of comments, but for, for whatever reason, this one jumped out at me. Bill says... Where is Salazar? Honestly, the one guy that you really want in this episode, nowhere to be found. I hope he abandoned the group and took Skidmark back to his warehouse stocked with food and weapons. Yeah. And and I, I don't know. And I think, I don't know why, but I think Bill has a good point there. It's like Salazar. You want Daniel in this episode. Think about how awesome he would have been in everything that happened at the oil fields and just in all the standoffs amongst people or have him do something somewhere else. Like John was up on the Ridge. Maybe Daniel is working on some other plan, you know, or some other angle to this whole situation, but yet he was nowhere, not even in the episode, not even mentioned. Yeah. Well, they need to keep him away so that the plot can move as the, the writers need. It's like if they, if for some reason they put Carol in this episode, uh, ah. you know, everybody'd be dead except for Carol and everybody that she cares about. It'd be like, you, you want to come here and, and, break down my gate, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Yeah, she would have. And burn you alive. She would burn everybody alive before uh, it got to be a a nasty situation. There definitely would have been more explosions if Carol was in this one. Right. So Daniel couldn't be in this episode because he would have solved it too quickly. He's too awesome, right? He's too awesome. I think that's that's the problem. Yeah. It's it's hard to be so awesome, I I imagine. Yeah. Well, it is. I can tell you. Okay, good. 
Well, I think he'll probably be in next week's episode. Next week, uh, Morgan and Al are back. This time I did see a little bit of the next week preview. Good. Uh, so I do know that they are coming back. And now we're into the last three episodes of uh, Fear the Walking Dead season five. Cool. Right? Last three. Yeah. Um, so we do have that to look forward to. And, and, you know, like I said last week, I'm a little bit glad we had a slight break from Morgan. So I hope when Morgan comes back next week, I feel refreshed. I feel re-energized and ready to take on Morgan some more. Ready, ready, uh, re-morganized. I, I want to be re-morganized, but I needed the break from him. I needed to be demorganized for a, for a while uh-huh. before I could be re-morganized. That makes sense. I think so. And I, I don't know if anyone else feels that way, but I know I do. Good. Uh, all right. So before we go, um, just want to say thank you to everyone who listened, of course. And if you would like to support the show, you can do that by visiting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash the talking dead, where you can make a small monthly pledge. Like we said last week for way less than the cost of a Starbucks, you can help yeah. out the show. But if you are in the market for buying a Starbucks, I say reallocate that, you know, two or $300,000 you need for a Starbucks franchise and send it over to us. That would be fantastic. It would just make this podcast run so much smoother. <laughs> yeah. Do we really need that much more coffee? We don't need it. The world doesn't right. need another Starbucks. I mean, there's one on every corner. I saw in the news today that in Chicago, they're, they're opening the world's largest Starbucks. It's going to be four stories tall. That's more stories than you need to sell coffee, I'm pretty sure. It's probably going to be like a lot of music because they sell music at Starbucks, right? There's probably going to be like bins of music. What it's probably going to be is like one small coffee serving bar on the main floor where there's still like a giant lineup and then three stories of seating with nobody in it. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Hopefully they at least have a puppet show on the third floor. Oh God. If you don't have a third floor puppet show, I mean... What's the What's point? The point of, why even have a third floor? No. I don't have a third floor. If I did, there'd be a puppet show. Yeah. I guarantee it. All right. Well, come on, Starbucks. Get your act together. So either do it right or don't do it at all. And if, you're, if your plans to buy a Starbucks have changed, I think you can reallocate that money towards us. And an easy way to do that is simply by visiting TalkingDeadPodcast.com slash PayPal, where you can send all of your Starbucks money and uh, of course, of course, we really appreciate every little bit of hard-earned Starbucks money that you would choose to send our way. Mm-hmm. This episode is not brought to you in any way or supported by Starbucks. I don't even like Starbucks. <laughs> there you go. All right. Next week on Fear the Walking Dead, we have a new episode called Today and Tomorrow. So there was no listener title read this week probably because we're recording a day early and we screwed over everyone's plans to send in title reads tomorrow before our normal recording time. Uh, But I think at least right now the plan is to record next Thursday, so we're not going to screw anyone's plans. And if you would like to do a title read, by all means, send one in to our email address. It's today and tomorrow is the title, and the email address is talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can get in touch by visiting our Facebook page at facebook.com slash thetalkingdead or visiting the website and clicking on send voicemail to send us a message. That is a great way to do it as well. And if all of those things sound too difficult, just use whatever podcast platform you choose to get 
your podcasts and leave us a review. A five-star positive review review would be fantastic, but anything really helps to get the word out. So we appreciate that as well. Yeah, be honest. If you like us five stars, put down five stars. If you like us three stars, you know, that's fine. Just be honest. And if you like us one star, maybe don't leave the review. You can still do it. You know, I, you why course. are you listening to the podcast? I don't know. Well, uh, hey, I mean, if you feel you need to, you know, go ahead. Glad to have you on board no matter what. Um, and then one more thing I just wanted to say, we recently passed our 10 year podcast oh, anniversary. Yeah. It was Monday. We talked about it last episode because it was the last podcast before the uh, anniversary. And I got a bunch of emails and messages from people just offering their congratulations. And I wanted to say thank you once again to all you folks for writing in and just for everybody that's listened over the 10 years. It has been an incredible 10 years, 448 episodes now, well, I guess 447 in 10 years. And this is number one of the second decade of this show. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been great. The listeners have been fantastic. They make it all worthwhile. Yeah, it's super fun. So thanks to everyone who, who wrote in. Uh, I tried to write back to almost everybody who, who sent a message, uh, but there could be some more in there right now, or for all I know. So I'll, I'll take a quick look. But anyways, um, that is going to do it. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. Until next time, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye.